Hi, good evening, welcome to episode 125 of La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Munro. On this evening's podcast, we'll be reviewing Inter 2 AS Roma 0 in the Coppa Italia quarterfinal, which was played on Tuesday night. And we'll also be previewing Sassuolo versus AS Roma on Sunday evening. With me tonight, I've got Imran. How are we? I'm okay, thank you. And I've also got Daniel. How are we? Great, yeah. Happy to be with you guys. Thank you very much for both of you joining me on this Thursday evening. Uh, we are recording, uh, I think, just after uh, Fiorentina beat Atalanta in the, in the Coppa Italia. And there's also one more game tonight, which is Juventus Sassuolo. Shall we both, shall, shall all three of us dive in, two-footed, straight into Tuesday night's game? Uh, Inter Milan 2, AS Roman 0. Uh, Edin Dzeko scoring after two minutes and then Alexis Sanchez scoring an absolute wonder goal. Um, I think it was about... 67 68 minutes in um it feels like same old roma um uh, me and imran did a podcast on on sunday talking about the game on uh, on saturday and it feels like it we're talking about the same thing all over again imran i did message you the other day and you jokingly said you will go off the long run uh the platform is all yours what did you thought actually what was your thoughts on the performance on tuesday night and then daniel i'll come to you afterwards once again, I think it was like the game earlier in the season at Olimpico. It was men against boys. <laughs> and uh, it, it, they got uh, the early goal. And after that, we tried to, you know, we tried to play uh, our game and, you know, with some sort of reaction. But ultimately, uh, I don't think we managed to apply enough pressure. And Inter were really, they weren't really you know, any threatened by any of what we were coming. I mean, Zaniola had a good chance, but of course, when you are a big team like Roma, it would have been uh, crazy if you thought that as a team with these players, the amount of money they spent, that they wouldn't be able to create chances. And um, the same goes for Inter, but uh, if you look at if you look at the match in itself, uh, Inter were the better team. Uh, they played the better football. They were in complete control and they dominated us in every department of the game. And it was it was once again quite obvious that they are far ahead of us, which you can understand to an extent because they built a team and a squad which had been together for a long time. But um, I still don't think uh, it's a good enough excuse that you cannot come up with something more against um, the top sides uh, so uh, so that that was that was a bit expected but still it's disappointing every time um, you witness it in reality and uh, unfortunately that's what we did and uh, uh, so yeah that, that, that's these are my thoughts no, it's okay. Uh, Daniel, what were your thoughts on the on the performance on Tuesday? Do you echo what Imran has said? Um, I'll give my thoughts after you, because um, I think I might go off my long run also. Well, um, I think uh, in some ways we should be almost delighted with the, the result at the end, because the way it started, 
going one nil down so early on to Jekko, I thought uh, this is going to be a long, long evening. But in the end, probably before the game, if you had told me that it would have been 2 0 to enter, I would have probably not thought too much about it or I would have accepted that kind of result. But um, it's a bit like Imran says, it's a bit more the, the way in which we we lose or the way in which we play. Um, we certainly had some chances. I think Saniola had a pretty good chance, almost uh, one-on-one, that he hit straight at Handanovic. But um, not much else. You know, it's a lot... Um, our team doesn't really... There's no real... Um, I don't know what the idea is, you know, when we go forward. I don't know what the, the strategy is or the, the movements. I don't, I don't see patterns. I don't see uh, any coherent, you know, idea on how to play, especially when attacking. Um, it seems to all be very uh, improvised, you know. Um, and I think that's what was kind of the most depressing thing. I mean, there was a part there after Jekko scored, I think for about 20 minutes when Inter looked like, peak Barcelona to me because we just couldn't get the ball of them and Brozovic just controlling everything from deep but um, like I said we did come back and we did have some parts of the game in which probably we could have scored um, after Sanchez scored that was it and uh, the game was over um, so yeah I think it's just another one of those games to add to the collection of, of us of not really knowing what to do or not really knowing how to to create problems for other teams. And it just seems like a huge effort for our players whenever they have to attack. It just seems to take up so much energy almost in in, in trying to find space and, and uh, creating clear-cut chances. So it was another one of those, I think. Um, okay. um, if, it's, if it's me, uh, is, do you feel that there's been too many of those games this season where... The energy isn't there. Um, I watched the game a little bit later. Sadly, I watched my other team lose three 0 on I follow. Um, I watched. I started watching the game about ten to ten. So pretty much when the game was almost over, I, I sort of kept abreast of what the scoreline was, and I watched it. And it just like the first minute and a half leading up to Jacko's goal was just poor, poor defending. Roger Ibanez tries to do the Hollywood ball to Rick Karsdorp and that gets intercepted and then Ivan Perisic just leaves Rick Karsdorp for dead and then Jacko gets ahead of Chris Smalling and it's 1-0 and you're thinking, jeez we could be in for a long night and as Daniel said um, if you're taking 2-0 against Inter who have been doing brilliantly this season in Serie A under a new coach but sadly lost to Derby on Saturday and they've got Napoli on Saturday evening then they've got Liverpool uh, I think it's Tuesday evening. I saw next next Wednesday, sorry. But yeah, um, it just seemed flat. Um, like me and Imran have talked about the tactics. I think the three five two must stop because it's we're not doing anything going forward. It, we're stunting the attack. Um, I think maybe a switch to a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 might help us. Um, some of the players look quite isolate, isolated going forward, but as, as me and Imran said before, with the with switch of tactics, either we look good going forward in one formation, but we look absolutely shocking in defence with another. With the three five two, we've actually looked quite good defensive in defensively, sorry, and we've got a bit of a stability. But in forward, we haven't. And, but then the four two three one, we look a bit 
isolated at the back, but really good going forward. I think sometimes we have to find a medium and try and combine the two, but it just doesn't seem to be working. Like I may have zoned out in the last 10 minutes while watching the game on Premier Sports. <laughs> it was coming up to about half past 11 and I was absolutely shattered. And I, I don't remember anything about the last 10 minutes apart from Tammy Abraham going off injured. And then we've seen today that Roger Abanez is going to be out for five weeks with a knee injury. So, yeah, um, it's just it just feels like like me and Imran said, there's two steps forward, five steps back, and it's just it's quite hard to be happy go lucky and to beat all that. But sometimes when we're watching this Roma, it's quite demoralising at times. I don't know if you both would would agree, but. We live in hope and we roll on to sun, Sunday's game against Sassuolo. And I wanted to add, as Imran said this earlier, about um, Jose Mourinho's comments after the game, which came out today. Um, Daniel, what were your thoughts on his comments? Because they're quite damning, aren't they? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if we assume it's true, I, I think it probably is. Um, I don't know. I'm not really into this... I don't really like this idea of like trashing all the players because these players were decent enough to get to the Europa League semi-finals last season, and at one point we're giving Man United a bit of a game. We knocked out Ajax, who the season have been great. So like, it's just it's improbable that Roma keep taking really weak players. You know, I admit that they're probably not as strong as squads that we've had in the past um, under more Palotta's um, era. But I also don't, I'm also very cautious to this idea of turning over the whole squad in the summer because we, we seem to always be talking about that. And there comes a point where we have to ask ourselves is, is what do the other kind of clubs, what kind of squads do they have? And I'm not, I don't think any of us expect to compete with Juventus or Inter or even AC Milan, but some of the other squads we should be competing with. I mean, I think for a few weeks now, especially during the African Cup of Nations, um, Napoli have been playing with a back four of like Mario Rui, uh, Juan Jesus, Romani, and uh, Di Lorenzo. So it's not a super back four either, and yet they continue to to get results. So for me, at the moment, it seems only Mourinho is unable to do something with with uh, these kind of resources. I grant that the squad is not incredibly strong, but um, certainly should be getting more out of it. And I, I don't really. I don't really think it comes down to players having big mentalities or not, because um, I just I don't think you need a big mentality to beat Genoa, who for me are a Serie B team already. So uh, it's something that's often overstated in football. I think this element of mentality, because football for me, by and large, is a it's like a subconscious thing when you're playing football, you know. And the best teams are drilled well on what to do, and they act almost subconsciously. Um, and so I, I just think Roma right now is just clearly a team that's not coached very well, and that's evident in how we attack. Um, and so throwing the players under the bus um, for having weak mentalities against Inter is a bit, it's a bit of a weak excuse, ultimately, I think. I'm happy that me and you are on the same wavelength because I think he's a very weak, weak move. It sort of deflects the deflects it off him 
of Jose, sadly, onto his players. And he's done it again this season, like the Bodo Glimt way through, what, five players under the bus? Because Bodo Glimt were a well-coached side and absolutely battered us on that day on Thursday, uh, in, in November, sorry, in Norway. But yeah, he seems to be deflecting the attention away from himself onto the players again. Uh, Imran, what were your thoughts on those quotes? I will read them out after afterwards. Um, I thought that uh, I can understand that there can be, you know, you need a high ceiling and, you know, hot temperature during the after the game. It's understandable, you know, the coaches can, um, any coach can react to a performance. And um, I... I'm sure that uh, Ms. Paletti, Rudy Garcia, you know, Luis Enrique, Ranieri uh, reacted in, uh, you know, uh, not in the best way after having lost games. So that's understandable. So I, I don't have an issue with the fact that he's reacting, but I don't, I don't think that's the problem. I, I, if, if that was the problem, that, you know, if we had a proper system, we had a proper uh, game plan, we if, if we had an identity and the players deviated from that uh, because they became or for some reason they had a mental blackout and uh, didn't follow the game plan then of course i would understand his reaction but i mean what does this mentality have to do uh you know with the whole case of Roma or the issue with of Roma because like Danny said we can't even you know put up a good play a dominating uh game against Genoa I mean we have to after after having you know shared the points with uh, Genoa all we're talking about is a referee uh, and how unjustly Zaniola was done while uh, for any other normal team, it would have been that game would have been, you know, done and dusted a long time ago. You don't need to talk about the referee at injury time. Um, the fact that we are doing it all the time, it just, it just, <laughs> I think it, it just, you know, says something about the condition in in, the, in which this club is in action, uh, you know, right now because we don't have anything other uh, positive. To come up with we don't have a, a progressive style of play i don't understand like we said earlier at some at some point you start thinking that this time uh, this team will at some stage you know develop an identity and they show glimpse of you know problems in football i would say some games and then they disappear again so and the, the inconsistency and everything just uh, just tells the bitter truth i would say that uh we're not we're not actually we're not we haven't actually come anywhere uh if you look at from where the preseason one was and now and i know a lot of people especially Mourinho fans um defend him by saying that uh, yeah you know this squad is not good enough for him you know and not just Mourinho fan but also roma fans who are you know um unconditionally backing uh, Mourinho and um, you know that it's, it's it feels like there is a consensus that uh, that uh, uh, the, the squad is poor and that's it. Uh, but I think you know, there's more to that. You should be able to develop some type of 
uh, style of play. So I, I, I don't I don't think we've come anywhere. And any any coach will do better with uh, better players, quality players. You bring in them, uh, Messi, Mbappe. Of course, any coach you can bring. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Paulo. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Giampaolo, you could even bring Giampaolo. You can bring, you can bring, you can bring Giampaolo. You can bring Ranieri. With all due respect, you can bring Colantuono. You can bring anyone. They will do, they will do good with the, you know, quality players. So that's not an excuse. You need to, you need to develop an identity, a style of football that, that when you look at Roma, you say, oh, you know, you can, you can relate to the Roma with some sort of um, style of play, attitude, whatever. And right now, I don't see anything of uh, anything of that. I was going to suggest an examine, but I think all three of us would have nightmares over the 2011-2012 season all over again. Um, I still yearn for Fonseca at times. Um, and now I I feel, when watching Fiorentina, I, I would love for Chanzo Italiano. But yeah, um, I actually, I will read these quotes because um, they are quite damning, aren't they, Daniel? Um uh, let me find them. Because uh, this was reported in the Corriere della Sport. I want to know why, playing against Inter, you shit in the first 10 minutes. I want to know why, for two years, you have shown yourself to be small against the big clubs. If we are in, we, if we are small, the referee treats us as children. They treat Roma as a child. Inter is a super team. You had it in front of you. Instead, you're finding the right reasons you shit yourself. The biggest flaw of a man is the lack of balls of personality. Uh, are you afraid of games like this? So you so go play in Serie C. Well, you ne- well you'll never find teams with champions, top stadiums, the pressure of great football. You are people without balls. The worst thing for a man. It's quite damning, isn't it? And it's like once again he's thrown his players completely over, uh, under the bus. But yeah. <sighs> it feels like we're we're repeating ourselves all over again, aren't we, Daniel? Yeah, but um, I don't know. It's also a bit of a strange time for him to have done this because, I mean, I don't think many fans really expected much from the game against Inter. Um, Don't think many would have expected us to go through. So I'm not sure why, um, if he did do it, he did it now because, um, I don't know, maybe it was just to light a bit of a fire under them. But Mm. uh, maybe that's what you, you have to do. But I think... I think the thing is that Mourinho is succeeding in what he hopes to achieve is, is, as many people say, is a master at communication. And what he's hoping to achieve now, I think, is to turn over the squad a lot in the summer. And I think he's, by doing this, I think he's got a lot of the local Italian and Roma, uh, Roman Roma fans on his side. Um, because I think they do, for the most part, buy the narrative that um, the players are very weak. So I think in that regard, he is succeeding. And I think probably we've seen lots of reports today that say um, that he has the full backing of the Freakins and Pinto. So he's probably going to be quite successful because I think that is his aim ultimately. Um, Like Imran says, I think it's a bit... What's the strange thing is, you know, you take a coach for his salary, 10 million a year. Surely you buy, you get someone like that in because you want to take the step, the next step, uh, forward, you know, and, mm. and uh, unlock something with the squad. But um, if what it, if what he needs is really good players, I don't think we can really offer that to him long term. Because because what I was going to say is that you know I, I think financial fair play we're going to have some limits this summer, and so we will have to sell players. And mm. 
at the same rate right now, I think we're devaluing a lot of our players because how many how many clubs want to spend 15 million on Diawara or um, even players like Gianluca Mancini or Ibanez who are getting now, you know, trashed by um, the manager or fans on, on social media. And I just think we're not, we don't really have anyone to sell anyways, you know, so we have to kind of be careful with that as well. And uh, I think lower our expectations a bit as well. Do you think that we will become a selling club in the summer? We have to sell someone because of the the magnitude of our spending last summer. Was it reported ninety seven and a half million euros? I think we may have to sell maybe two, maybe three players in the summer. I think the tricky thing is now that I think we kind of at least expected to have Europa League football mm. and. Um, Europa League is at least a bit more... It's, it's actually quite a lot more lucrative than the Conference League. So we'll be... If we even qualify for the Conference League, that is. But I, I just think we won't have much money. But at the same time, like I said, I, I don't see what players we can really sell for a lot of money because I, I don't see what clubs... I don't know which club needs Gianluca Mancini. And I mean, to avoid making a loss on him, you probably need 15 million euros. So I don't see many potential players there that we can we can sell. I mean... Maybe it would have to come to a point of cashing in on someone like Saniolo or something like that. But I don't know. Maybe maybe Imran disagrees. But I don't really see many players that we can raise funds with. I think the, I think the the only player could be a Banyas because I I did see something that he has a release clause, and if that gets activated, that could be a good cash windfall for Roma. And maybe some of it have to go to Atalanta and to the club he had in in South America. But yeah. Yeah, I I agree with Tani. I think it's um, it's difficult to think of players, especially because you know to 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 be able to generate uh, some sort of value or uh, you know become attractive, you need to play uh, you need to play not just good, but I would say consistently good on a top level and you have higher chances of achieving that if you play in the Champions League. We're not doing that. And secondly, if you play in this area, you need to uh, be doing well. Or if you have a certain profile, you could be a young player doing, you can, younger players tend to have um, uh, a value based on their, first of all, potential, but secondly, also um uh, the performances and I, I can think of some players who um, will fulfill that role but uh, you know in that category but generally I would say it would be difficult to generate the um, the plus Valenza needed to be able to break even uh, it's it's looking difficult but also remember that you know we spread a lot of the costs over years so they won't be um, shown on the books uh, as we perhaps think, but I think it will be difficult to stay competitive on that level if we if we expect this team uh, to be drastically changed this summer with quality players because that's what Mourinho needs. Then I think we're in for a shock because obviously he would have he would have expectations as well because he he would be demanding a lot of players uh, to be sold based on the mentality that they don't fit his mentality and they're not good enough for him. And But on the other hand, how how easy will it be to get rid of them? And secondly, who are you going to bring in? 
for a price that this club can afford. I'm struggling to think of players who would fit that profile because Mourinho, especially, he's hinting in the direction that he needs players who are ready. And those players, they don't come around that cheap. I mean, look at... Uh, I mean, just look at the players we signed uh, even in the summer. Um, even the experienced players, they didn't come that cheap. Uh, so... So I, I think it will be a tricky, it will be a bit challenging. We will probably add some players that will be able to fit his profile. If it will be good enough or not, I, uh, I'm not sure, but I doubt it will be good enough for him. I'm not sure the club will be able to satisfy Mourinho's needs in the summer because financially we're in a difficult situation. And uh, so... Uh, I'm not. It's very easy. It's very early to say, but um, suggesting from what we see in the f- position we find ourselves in, it's difficult to be optimistic for next season. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's quite disappointing that we're a bit pessimistic at the moment because I thought going into the season we could be quite optimistic, and now I just feel like we are where we are because. I think that's the so, sorry, Scott. No, I think no, that's, no. that's that's the biggest issue because you know I I was very optimistic mm. when we when we hired Mourinho and I don't have any problems with you know with optimism. I don't think that's the problem. I think I think that at some point uh, I was probably the most uh, optimistic Roma fan in you know July August uh, and I was really looking forward to the season. But at some time you know you have to you have to stick with reality. You have to. Uh, you have to base the optimism on something. I mean, if people, uh, you know, perceive me or the podcast and its content as uh, constant, negative. constantly negative or that we are pessimistic, uh, that's fair. You know, I can accept that. I'm not here to, you know, spread positive vibes and good energy, and, you know, and, and uh, optimism optimism and everything i think whatever we do here uh, speaking at least uh, of me you know i think we have to base it on something it has to be based on something solid something concrete if we have to say if we have to you know dish out very bold predictions for next season and you know things might things can very quickly change in football but you know the profile that we were signing before you know a bit expensive young players with on low salaries who had the potential they played well um, and they you know the club had patience with them they improved took a season or two and then they were sold i don't think that uh, i'm not suggesting that we do that to sell them you know to gain profit or whatever but i don't think that's the type of coach Mourinho is he's not the type of coach who will have patience with a 22-year-old Rudiger brought from Stuttgart. Uh, you know, this is my point. And he, he's not the type of player who's going to have patience with a 22-year-old Emerson who's, who, who, who flopped uh, on loan at Palermo the season before. You know, the, the profile doesn't fit the strategy that Roma had under Sabatini. That's obvious because at that time we were building something... Um, you know, for the future, and we were adding players with a certain profile. Now we are 
to an extent doing the same. I mean, Tammy Abraham, uh, we have a lot of young players, but it's obvious that it's not working. And if his Modini isn't happy with that, he's obviously indirectly hinting that he's not happy with the strategy. So uh, I think I think for the summer to be successful, um, the need we need something drastic to happen. I don't I don't see that happening, unfortunately. And I don't believe I don't blame Mourinho for that. It's just a situation that we find ourselves in, and it's it's good that it's good that we actually realize that uh, it's not going to be as easy as we think. I get you. I get you. Um, I think we talked about that to death, and uh, I think we'll look forward to the comments coming in in the next couple of days. Uh, should we talk about the game on Sunday where it's Sassuolo at the way of the Mapai? Um, Sassuolo, um, they are. 12th in Serie A, uh, 29 points in 24 games, just one point behind Empoli and one point ahead of Bologna, who are in 13th. Sassuolo are playing Juventus tonight in the Coppa Italia. That kicks off in about 13 minutes' time. But in 2022, uh, they've drew one all with Genoa, had that wonderful thumping 5-1 win away at Empoli, lost at home 4-2 to Hellas Verona, drew one all away at Torino and last Sunday against Sampdoria under new coach Marco Giampardo they got absolutely walloped 4-0 so they are struggling for a bit of consistency in in 2022 um Daniel I'll come to you first and I'll come to Imran afterwards with Roger Ibanez now out injured and there's still some doubts over Tommy Abraham I do you expect as reported to Jose to go to a 43-1, and also what are your thoughts going into this game? Um, yeah, and I think Zaniolo is also... Uh, Zaniolo is also suspended also, yes. Um, but I think for Sassuolo too, they have Skamaka and Raspadori. yes, yes. So, a uh, difficult one, um, because it's a good, well-coached team, and... Um, I mean, they might be in 12th, but I think on points we're closer to them than we are to, to Milan and Inter. So um, I will never really underestimate Sassuolo. And um, if there's no Abraham there, then it becomes even more difficult because, like I said, a lot of our attacking is improvisation. So if we're without Abraham, I'm not even sure who, who really plays striker. Shomorodov? Um, Felix or Shomorodov? Felix, yeah. Um tough. These are guys who haven't played that much this season. I know Felix has kind of exploded, but um, hasn't played that many minutes in total, so you're going to have to rely on someone who, who is not so um, match-sharp. Um, but let's see if Abraham will be there in the end. But uh, it's always a difficult um, match, especially away, and um, we will see. I mean, now it really... We've dropped so many points that, you know, increasingly every game becomes more and more must win but um, uh, I'm I'm not very pessimistic but I'm I'm cautious I would say yeah it's right to be cautious yeah so if it does go with that formation you've got someone in who's coming in cold which could be quite dangerous so Eldor Shmodorov hasn't really played that much I think is it since the Lecce Coppa Italia game? And Felix has had these fluttering appearances. You could also play Mkhitaryan up front, which Fonseca did a couple of times last season. That works well against Genoa. I think when he scored his hat-trick, you probably could 
play Al Shawari up front, but uh, it, yeah, it could be in, it could be interesting to see. Uh, and to, before I come to you, Imran, uh, our last two visits to the Mape has seen a four-two defeat and a two-two draw, which was on um, Easter Saturday last season, where Roma pretty much threw it away uh, in, in the last couple of minutes. They were two-one up, and then stupidly conceded. I think it was about an 83rd minute equaliser. And then that was in the middle of that horrific run where Roma just lost all confidence and dropped out of the top four and then almost dropped out of the top seven. And then uh, in the end also got knocked out in the uh, Europa League. So before I digress, uh, Imran, what were your thoughts on Sunday's game? Um, It will... I don't know which Roma will show up. I think it will be a bit more open game than their previous ones because uh, because of the way Sassuolo play. But, you know, they uh, I was surprised by the way they play at the Olympic where they were able to create um, you know, good chances, um, dominate more than I thought. And um, I think it will be a difficult game, but you never know which Roma is going to show up. If we get space and we can punish them on counterattacks then could be could be the ideal game for Felix um, to play in but yeah I, I, I'm, I don't know I, I don't know which what to expect actually which Roma to expect so it's difficult to make predictions because at on one side you know you expect something and then another Roma shows up especially against Genoa it should have been you know walk in the park uh, so to say, but it didn't happen. So, um, and on the other hand, in Serie A, I don't know. Realistically speaking, I don't think we were playing for anything else than uh, the Europa League right now, and that's a bit depressing. Already in February, and our season pretty much is over, isn't it? In in all aspects, apart from the Conference League, where. We're waiting for the, um, is it the qualifiers that are going on in, is it next week? Yes, next week, isn't it? The Conference League is back. Um, yeah. Um, I just want to say, Daniel, you were correct. Uh, Roma are 10 points ahead of Sassuolo and 13 points behind um, AC Milan. So, yeah, you were correct on about that. Um, we do have some listeners' questions also. Uh, we've got two. Um First one was from at Zaniolo Ismo. Um, how do you think the Freakins would improve this team in the summer? Based on the first six months, do you feel like appointing Mourinho was the right choice? Oh boy, that could be opening up a can of worms. <laughs> uh, straight in. Um, uh, Imran, I come to you first, then, uh, Daniel. Oh. <laughs> a tough one, sorry. <laughs> I think it will be difficult. Yeah. Um, I think it will be difficult, uh, and how they are going to do it. Uh, I think uh, it it will be trying to find good value in players uh, where we probably least expected, because otherwise we might have to spend big uh, to really improve this team. And I don't think, like I explained. A bit earlier in the podcast, I don't think we're in the best financial position to do that, or we have to sell some players, um, you know, fairly expensive, and then try to reinvest that money and and find, like, yeah, like I said, better value in spread over 
two three players so and the second question based on the first six months do you feel appointing Marine was the right choice absolutely not uh, it's uh, anyone who suggests otherwise I, w- I would say would be stupid because um, he came on a big contract uh, he's the most expensive uh, Roma coach ever and of course you would have expected him to come with some added value when he's um, considering his profile his experience um, and uh, the salary and everything the whole package is very expensive it's a, it's a big investment from the club uh, in this coach and so far it hasn't paid off it's just been you know talks about mentality and been controversies and yeah so so based on these six months uh, absolutely uh, you know you can consider it as a, a failure to be honest and uh, but you know he has a three-year contract he has two and a half years left on his contract he can uh, he, he he still he has you know the full support of uh, the club so uh, there's no need to start speaking about uh, terminating his contract or sacking him or whatever because it's not going to happen i don't think Roma are in the financial position to do so so they they just have to stick with him and and hope for the best but based on these six months i think it would be a crazy idea to suggest that uh it, it was a good appointment um uh, i'm i'm sure if Spalletti was appointed instead of him we would have been a different in a different position because he has a very you know he has a certain style of play he's a very good coach when it comes to attacking football he has the tendency also to not be able to unlock uh, games against you know teams lying very deep and we saw that against Pezia Empoli uh, but uh, he, he, he I'm not saying he's a better coach than Mourinho because Mourinho's history speaks for itself. At one point, he was he was the best coach uh, in the world, and he was uh, his tactics and the way he was the the way he was able to mot- motivate his players. He, I mean, he he was second to none. Uh, but right now, I don't know if uh, there are, there's another generation of footballers or whatever. But you know, the last. Last years he hasn't been able to do that, and that's why he's at Roma right now and not in uh, a bigger club. Daniel, excuse me, uh, got a froggy throat. Uh, do you echo uh, Imran's thoughts on uh, that question from Zaniello Ismo? Uh, yeah, I just think I mean Imran says there that we're not in the financial position to sack him, but I I wonder if uh, keeping him will cost us more money in the long run. Mm. Um, with regards to improving the squad, I think there's a couple positives and a couple negatives. I think on the one hand, after all of this of Mourinho bashing the players publicly or not so publicly, let's say, um, there's a lot of players that can be sold. Um, the bad side of that coin is that I don't think they are worth much on the market because of everything that's going on. Um, the other positive is that there's a lot of free agents this summer. Um, so maybe something like that can be exploited, maybe some clever loan moves. Um, but the two rather big uh, elephants in the room and downsides, which I don't hear many people talk about, is number one, Roma are very close to um, 
being irregular with the financial fair play regulations. Um, so that will have to be negotiated and, and looked at. And the other one is ultimately, um, without a stadium, uh, our club is just uh, economically not very um, sustainable. So I just think you cannot have another summer of spending $100 million. Mm-hmm. Um, Until we have a stadium, whenever that will be, it has to. I the only mar, like the only model there is in football is to do something that Sabatini was doing. You know, you can pay a bit more for players, but make them younger and put them on lower contracts and and see what you can do. But that doesn't fit with Mourinho. So, um, I don't know. I don't really see us improving the squad to the degree that he needs it, as Imran said. Our next question is from Jamil1963, and it pretty much echoes what you guys were talking about. Uh, what positions would you like to be improved in the summer, and would you want a new left centre back? Uh, so, left centre back. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, 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 left centre back. Yeah. Uh, like uh, a left, maybe like a left-footed centre back, or yeah, or yeah. a left centre back in a back three. Yeah. Uh... Well, I think I think centre back in general is probably going to be completely yeah. changed this summer. So. Yeah, say so I agree with that. For good or for bad, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but you know the the most critical position I would say is the, is a DM. We yes. need a defensive midfielder. Yes. That's the that's the most critical one to stabilize the midfield. Um, new left centre back. Oh, centre back probably not the most. Uh, urgent position to 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 make changes but I, I, like like you guys say I'm, I won't be surprised uh, surprised if it happens because uh, um, yeah Marini would probably like to see something uh, someone someone else there and um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some 30 plus players you know um, uh, to add uh, the experience experience yes um, tend to add when he goes to clubs, you know, he brought Car- Ricardo Carvalho with him to Real Madrid, Michael Essien. Uh, so, so we'd be surprised. We're at, we're at already there, so I hope we don't get, I hope it doesn't become too old either, you know. It would have to be at the expense of Smalling in that case, uh, I would say, because Smalling, perhaps a good defender and every and all that, but not the dressing room figure that Mourinho wants. He's probably no. too much of a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, he wants, I'm not going to say the word, but what he said on the documentary, he wants those type of players, doesn't he? Yeah, and um, also Smalling, I mean, the season, he might be okay now, I think, but he had a lot of injury problems as well. So he's not so someone that we can rely on too much. But to be honest with you, for me personally, I think if you get one defensive midfielder and a decent level centre-back. I, I think the squad is pretty good, actually, but um, at least good enough to compete around fourth fifth, uh, position. Um, and as, sorry, Daniel, I didn't mean to cut you off. And as, as we were talking off-pod a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the free agent market, all the, the guys who have got just, what, a few months left on their contract on a, a particularly good website, and there's a lot of good players that are out there that, could be scouted and could be getting deals for the for the summer, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not convinced with some of the names like Grilich and um, and so on. But uh, how much worse can you get than Brian Cristante? I think at this point. 
yeah that's a that's a different topic for another day <laughs> um guys do you have anything else to add uh, we've gone almost 45 minutes no it's cool no that's it yeah i think we've we've probably talked enough and uh, yeah um Guys, you can follow us at lemagicast.com. You can find all our previous podcasts on the on the website. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, so your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Podbean, etc., etc. Imran, Daniel, thank you very much for joining me on this Thursday evening. Hope you're all well and uh, enjoy your rest of your evening and enjoy the weekend's football. Thanks a lot. You thank too. you. You too. Cheers, guys, and uh, thank you very much. And for Sarama and ciao. Ciao.